Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. G'day, guys. Welcome back to the Rugby League Guru podcast, and welcome to season 2022. First new podcast dropping for the year. Jumped on Bloke in a Bar with Denim Kemp. Earlier today, we went through our top 10 moments of season 2021 an unreal chat as you can hear in my voice uh probably on borrowed time here so i'll let you know over the next few days when we'll be getting stuck right back into the rugby league guru podcast but we'll be having little 20 to 30 minute clips of this podcast coming over the next three or four days a sensational chat with kempy going through our top 10 moments of season 2021 up ladies and gentlemen welcome to another episode of bloke in a bar brought to you by bloke in a bar as usual the beer of summer the beer of sport we've also got our main man guru who unfortunately he's a bit crook at the moment uh how you feeling big dog mate i've been better uh fingers crossed we get a uh negative test back over the next few days but thought we'd play some smart footy and uh go zoom it's a bit weird going back to it just quietly yeah i mean it was weird that zoom i didn't even know what zoom was before 2020 and now it's like part of our lexicon as a, as a society is like, I'll oh, just Zoom you. It used to be like Skype. You know what I mean? It's crazy how things change. Crazy. Um, but anyway, hopefully the big fella is all good. Uh, if not, I mean, we're all bound to get it eventually. Fuck, we, we can't avoid it. Um, but we've got our 12 stores. Beautiful beers to pick up at these 12 stores. We've got Loka Liquor, Piermont, Porter's Liquor Glebe, Tats Hotel, Inverell. Norris Park IGA, Mo Bottle Mart Victoria, Norfolk Island Liquor Bond, Yandina Hotel on tap. It's on tap at Yandina Hotel in Sunny Coast, Central Tavern Caloundra West, Liquor Legends Forest Hill, Beach House Hotel Hervey Bay, Hotel Stradbroke, Yamba Liquor, uh, and I think Britannia in Sunshine Coast. I actually popped in there. I think it's called Britannia. I could be wrong, uh, but I popped in there and I actually bought a case of my own beer from that store. A lovely lady at the counter that served me. So thank you very much for that. Britannia in Sunshine Coast. Um, oh, and also speaking of uh, not feeling the best, the big fella, Frank Pritchard, unfortunately went to hosp- hospital. Um, I-, I was going to put a post up, but these things are so sensitive. I don't know. You don't know whether they would want it up or they they wouldn't want it up, but it seems to have hit mainstream media. Um, went to uh, hospital with some complications uh, from COVID. Uh, uh, 
from what we're being told from Gus, he's out of hospital now, still not in the best condition, but he's out of hospital. So just want to send our best wishes out to Frank Pritchard. I mean, it's, it's really scary when you see that, like you, you almost to, to, to imagine a guy like Frank Pritchard, we all grew up, loved watching, absolutely loved watching him play with his massive offloads, his edge running to think that such a man mountain could be um, hit so hard is, is it's scary. It's kind of uh brings everything back into focus. So sending our absolute best wishes to the big fellow. We hope you get better and um, and I'm sure he'll make a full full recovery. So uh, but now what we wanted to do today is we wanted to go through the top ten moments. So we've got Maddie to put his top ten moments together. We got the great guru to put his ten best moments together from 2021. And what I love about this is it seems a bit cliche, you know, oh, let's put the top ten moments together and everyone does that at the end of the year. But in a podcast form, it's actually really interesting to – I want to go back and talk about it because when things happen in the moment, sometimes you can have a different feel of how big it is or what happened. Once you get a bit away from it and the dust settles, your opinion can change on what has happened. Oh, for sure, mate. There's a couple of games um, here that so I So, first went. of all, we'll start at number 10. Matty's number 10 moment was Ryan – Are you there? Yeah, yeah, you there? Yeah, yeah, start at 10 with the great guru. Yeah, so number 10, um, we had Pappy scores four tries. Now, against this game against Brisbane, uh, it was 6 0 in the 25th minute. Uh, at halftime, it was 24 to 6. Pappy scored all 24 points, of course. He's a goal kicker for the Melbourne Storm as well. So, mate, just unbelievable. And for those, for those super coach players out there, you know, Brisbane wasn't traveling overly well. Everyone thought Pappy was going to explode. And, Good God, there were some nervous people out there in that 25th minute, and then all of a sudden, he just went berserk. Uh, you know, his support play, Ryan Pappenhausen, is just sensational, and it really did show you know, his absolute best footy that night. He's a freak little pappy. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, he it was kind of... He was showing what he does best, you know what I mean? He's one of the best. Outside of Tedesco, I would say Tedesco is probably the best. I mean, we've got Tom Trojevich now. Um, but I'd still put Tedesco up as the best support player. But Ryan Pappenhausen, he's he's a close second. I think it was also a real, I guess, wake up call for the Broncos as well. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong, how many wake up calls do the Broncos need? But it was also just a good example. It really drove home how far away the Broncos were from where they need to be to be a competitive side in the NRL. For them to have four tries put on like that, and then go from twenty four to twenty just six from six nil up. It was a real, like, a kind of kick in the guts of, like, guys, this is just not good. That is not good enough in NRL. Mate, I remember this night, in about the 20th minute, I I put up a post saying Craig Bellamy's going to lose his mind at halftime. And then, mate, within 10 minutes, I almost felt like deleting the thing. I was like, you look like an absolute muppet now. They're, they're up by 18 all of a sudden. And, you know, as you said, I, mate, in the 20th minute, I was thinking, good God, Brisbane is doing well to hang in here. This is so impressive. And it went from... Being Brisbane is so impressive to 10 minutes later going, fuck, we're getting the same old Brisbane here. It was, it was an unreal night. It was crazy. You know what it was? Is, is I was speaking to um, my brother's uh, father-in-law and he, he made a good, really good, uh, I guess, we weren't talking about the Broncos versus Storm specifically, but we we're talking about the difference in standard between first grade and reserve grade. And the difference really is, is that in reserve grade, you can get 20 minutes of first grade standard footy, but that's about it. And I think, and this is no disrespect to the Broncos players. I'm not saying Sydney saying, oh, they're all just a bunch of reserve graders. It's more just because they're so young. Um, 
that a lot of those players probably would have spent an extra year or two in reserve grade before they made their first grade debut. Now, now again, to be clear, we may this may pay massive dividends in the future where for the next 10 years we've got these hardened, you know, young fellas that are just guns. But it, it, I think it really did show that the standard difference was pretty much first grade and reserve grade that night. I think it genuinely is one of the more underappreciated things by people that, you know, obviously you go and watch your park football and, you, you know, you can see the gap, but, mate, the gap between reserve grade and first grade is massive as well. And I think it's something that people really do underappreciate. Yeah, absolutely. Because to be honest, like, you could take the best, the top four, the top four Q Cup sides, and they could maybe hang with a few NRL teams for the first 20 to 30 minutes. But after that, they just get blown off the park. Um, and, it's, and again, it's because they're inexperienced. It's because they're not training full-time, all that kind of stuff. But I just thought that that night with the Storm, we really saw the, the cream of the crop to a against a team that is still developing, is still in the phase of, you know, a few of these boys in a perfect world would be playing Q-Cup, would be, you know, really, I guess, sharpening their tools in Q-Cup. So, yeah, that was a crazy night. To see that all unfold was absolutely now, to see Pappy did, and was that so? He did he come back from injury again that night, or was that bef- just before Magic Round when he got his oh, head knock? I'm pretty sure that was before the head knock and everything. This was, I'm pretty sure that this was reasonably early in the season. But it, you know, to, to me, it also just showed that in the NRL, if you clock off for three minutes, you can lose an 80 minute game of football. It can just go straight yeah. away, especially if you're playing one of these top tier sides. If, if you're not playing the full 80, you can get yourself in some serious Barney very quickly. Absolutely. And when you're a young side like the Broncos are, like clawing back is a very hard thing to do. You know, once you get broken like that. Um, and I, well, I think another thing as well from, and I guess I'm being pretty biased because I'm talking from the Broncos perspective is, is I feel like the Broncos team at the start of the season would allow that to happen. I think by the end of the season, the Broncos wouldn't have allowed that to happen. I think we actually would have, we would have found like Storm would have still won, but I think it would have been quite a close encounter because the maturity that, you know, when you take that one game of that just absolute loud, like lapsed in judgment for 10 minutes, I don't see that as bad. Like, I don't see them doing that by around 24. I saw them as a team that still wasn't where they needed to be, but they they had some fight in them. They had some real gall. Like, I mean, they were taking Penrith Panthers to the, to the wire. Yep. They were taking the Roosters to the wire, um, you know, by the end of the season. Uh, again, you know, that's we need to be better than just taking teams to the wire, but it's still an improvement as to where we were at the start of the year. And now you throw in an Adam Reynolds into the piece who, for, for me, the best thing about Adam Reynolds is that he'll be the guy that talks behind the goalposts. Once Pappy scored his second yeah. try, it, 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 there was a moment there where it could have gone either way. Unfortunately, it went the wrong way for Brisbane. But having a guy like Reynolds now who can just get you to where you need to be, get you to your kick, and just start to get back in the grind, it's going to be massive for them, mate. You must, you, you, like you, Yourself and Broncos fans, based on what you saw at the end of this last season and based on the guys that have walked in there, it's, uh, it's exciting times, mate. Absolutely. And you're totally right with Reynolds, like behind the goalpost, goalpost, but also, you know, behind the goalpost in saying, let's say they score those two tries, Reynolds will be going, okay, everyone shut the fuck up. You follow me now. I'm going to take control of this team. And he would literally just go hit up, hit up, hit up, kick boys. We're defending a set for the, like for our lives. This next set is for our lives. Whereas before we didn't really have an older player that had the experience to be able to go, everyone shut up. This is what we're doing. And, and it's all buy-in. So you're totally right. I think if, if you had a Reynolds and a Catewell in that, that Broncos side in that moment where Pappy is just torn us apart, 
I think that we probably leaked two tries. And then after that, we, we glue everything together. Reynolds slows the pace of the game down, gets the ball out, you know, so that we can regather ourselves. Whereas, you know, when you look at that game, when Pappy scored four tries, we didn't have a guy experienced enough to go, what do we need to do here? We need to upset their rhythm. We need to get them stopped. Let's stop the game. Kick the fucking ball dead if we have to. Kick it out. Let's just stop the games instead of this um, getting in the... We don't want to get into this flow with them because clearly their flow is at a much better, a higher f- flow state than us. For sure. I, yeah. I'm really excited for Brisbane heading into next year, mate. I think that... The potential is just sky high there. Keep coming back to Adam Reynolds, but I just think he's going to be so good for them and such a great signing. You scored four tries yourself one day, didn't you? Yes, yes, I did actually. That's why I kept talking about this because I just <laughs> wanted to get this point. No, that's a joke. I didn't actually put this as 10. This is Maddie's 10. So um, it's it's the best day ever because like scoring tries, especially as a winger, you, you know your job's done. You did your job. Uh, it Yeah, it's just... You can't explain. It's just so good because every time you, you score another try, you're thinking, "This, how can this get better? This is sick. How good is this? You know what I mean? It just keeps working for you. Um, so, yeah, Pappen using – it was interesting as well as at that time, people genuinely, genuinely – and that's why I, I like talking about top 10 moments from earlier in the year. It's going to sound crazy, but at that time, there were some people saying, should Pappenhausen have the New South Wales number one role? And, and anyone that denies – that is fucking talking shit because I was saying that is crazy. Papenhuisen is is being really good, but there's no one taking that role from Teddy. Do you also? Oh, for sure, mate. He he hit the ground running last year, and I mean, it was only five five or six games before this he won a Clive Churchill medal, so he was putting himself right in the box seat, Pappy. I, I think if it wasn't for um, the head knocks and whatnot, I I think he locks himself into the fourteen jersey for New South Wales at, at minimum, realistically. Um, yeah, it's a bit unfortunate how it's played out for Pappy and probably uh, Victor Radley as well. I think they've both been very unlucky not to debut yet. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, sorry, you just cut out at the start there. Were you also getting – were people also saying to you that, oh, Pappy might take Tedesco's spot? Oh, yeah, for sure. It, it was a real thing out there. People were getting proper keen on him. I think, obviously, Turbo, I, I don't think he'd started playing yet. I think he was out for the first few weeks. And um, Teddy was playing 8 out of 10, which – Unfortunately, we expect 9 and 10 out of 10 for Teddy. So, I mean, if Pappy was playing the games that Teddy was playing at the start of the year, we'd still be incredibly impressed. But Teddy just sets such a high standard for himself. It's almost unfair on him. Yeah, absolutely. Like, Teddy is a victim of his own consistency. Yeah. We are so used to Teddy playing. Un- but like, he, he's having year after year, all-time years. You know, like, he's had four years in a row where you could match that up against the greatest outside of te- um, Tom Trevojevic, because obviously that's an outlier. But if you matched up those four years against Billy Slater's best four years. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It may not be better, but I'll tell you what, they would be, you wouldn't be crazy to match them up. Do you know what I mean? His last four years against Billy Slater's last, uh, best year would would be very similar, very similar. 
Mate, Teddy holds up. And, mate, you, you even go back to when – even when Teddy was at the Tigers, mate, his form there was incredible. And he came to the Roosters. Yeah. took him two or three months to sort of find his feet. But once he did, mate, he hasn't looked back. And, you know, I said, but like, I don't think he's played under an 8 out of 10 in four years now. He is just incredible. I would, I would agree. I would honestly I, – I, I, again, I, I truly believe that you could take his last three or four years and compare it against any of the best fullbacks – and I'm not saying that they would be better, but it, it would truly, it's a good argument. Like it's a very, you, you could, I mean, because not only has he been incredible uh, at club level, but he's, every time he plays for New South Wales, he plays eight to nine out of 10. You know, even this year, he was incredible, but it was just the fact that Latrell and Tom Travojevic were un, like just, you know, godly in the way they played. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it, that was real. I, I mean, I was always of the mind, like, don't get me wrong. Papenhuisen was incredible. And I think that I agree with you. I do believe that if he doesn't get injured, he gets that 14 role. Uh, but at no point did I feel that Tedesco should have, uh, would, would have ever lost his position to Papenhuisen. And I, I think that Tedesco has played so well for so long that he actually could play for a busted for a whole year, for half a year. Like I'm talking, Teddy could come out for me if I'm New South Wales give me six out of tens every week and I would still pick him at fullback over Tom Travojevic over Ryan Papenhuisen because A, he's delivered so many times, but B, what, what kind of message does that send culture-wise that a guy that has delivered you series after series wins, you're just going to get rid of him because he had three months of bad footy? Um, what are your thoughts on that? Would you, where would you, let's say Teddy, let's say Teddy rolls out next year, 2022, he gives you three months of, uh, gives you, sorry, he gives you 10 weeks of six out of tens. He's my captain. He's my automatic captain. There's no doubt about it. He's my automatic fullback for the Anzac test. I'm just thinking off the top of my head now. Kangaroos haven't played since Boyd Cordner retired. My Kangaroos captain. I I, I, yeah. I mean, I, I'm the other option would be DCE, but I, I think Cleary's probably going to wear the seven now realistically. I'm not sure if DCE's in the side. So for me, mate, I reckon Teddy retires with the one jersey in every team he plays in. He hands it over when he's ready to hand it over, especially the way that you can use these fullbacks in other positions now. So many of them are playing centre, 14, you know, wherever it might be. So I, I just, I don't think it matters how poorly he goes, and I'm so confident he won't go poorly, as I'm sure you are as well. But I just can't see mm. him losing a jersey in any football team that he can possibly be picked in realistically. He's, he's, not, he's a tougher one for you. Teddy's not going to lose that one position. Mm. Isaiah is definitely not losing that 13 position. The 14 role, Pappy or Radley? Um, I, mate, I love Victor Radley. I absolutely love him. And I think it's criminal he hasn't played yet. But I think that if I was picking a 14, I think I would go with Pappy. Um, really? Uh, yeah. I, only because I think that if you're going to have... This is the problem. I think that Isaiah is so good and his combo with Nathan Cleary is so good, you can't leave him out. And I think that... If you're gonna have you're gonna have Cam Murray in your side somewhere. If Isaiah Yo's at 13, you assume he's gonna be on the pine. So for me, I just think you're, you're giving away a little bit too much size having Cam Murray and Victor Radley in your side. I think their their body shapes are just a little bit too similar for me. Um, and I, I would want someone like a Pappy, a Jack White, and one of these sort of guys on my 14. So mate, I reckon there's a really good chance that Victor Radley could be one of the most unluckiest guys as far as rep football goes. Uh, he's so deserving mm. to be there. And he will play, there's no doubt about it. But, mate, over the last three years, has he already given away nine origin jerseys or something like that? Like, uh, he's just, he's played so well, but whether it's injury, suspension, whatever it is, he hasn't been able to get in that side. And he's given Isaiah Yo an opportunity to own that stage. And 
Fuck, I'm not sure if Isaiah Yo could have done much more realistically. I, it's, it's crazy. And, and the, the tough thing for Victor is that combination of Luai, even if you know Isaiah Yo isn't playing the best, that the combination like that kept Cam Murray out of the 13 jersey. Yep. So, you know, so Radley, see, I, I think that Radley gets a bench spot. I think that that Fittler is such a fan of him. He finds a way to get him on the bench. I don't know how. I know that, you know, New South Wales are so stacked, but I just think there's going to be a way to get him on the bench. I, I could be totally wrong, but he's, for me, he's what origin is truly. When you talk about origin players, Victor Radley is an origin player. Oh, mate, 100%. Um, and, and I think for me, if I'm going to fit Radley in, it's probably a Sydney game. If I'm playing up at Suncorp mm. on a fast track, I'll probably go for a pappy. Um, I, I think mm. Sydney will, will be his best shot for Rads to get in. And, mate, what you said about him being an origin player is spot on. He has got origin written across his forehead. I'm just worried he's given too many other class players too many opportunities. But, I mean, mate, if in two years' time the 13 was Radley and the halfback was Luke Keary, would you be overly shocked? Sorry, not, not the halfback. If Luke Keary was the 5'8", for example, Cleary will be the 7, but... But it's it's scary just to think how much depth we've got and how many guys could jump in and it's it's unbelievable. Oh, it's it's crazy because like you know you take you back four years and you just could had no depth like there was there was no depth there was it was always oh well, okay we'll go with the old faithful because he's been in there before he's been in the cauldron he knows what it's about that was that was honestly part of the reason you selected most of your players you know over the last few years whereas now it's more just like. You've got a bunch of players that in any other generation would get a start that aren't going to get a start. So, yeah, um, really interesting times for guys like Pappenhusen and Radley. Really interesting times. It's it's going to be it's going to be similar to. I mean, not, it's not going to be similar to the eight in a row for Queensland. Yeah, I don't think that's ever going to happen to happen. But it's going to be similar in the sense that it's going to be a bunch of players in a generation that normally would have played aren't going to play for New South Wales. I think over the next few years. Um, think about all the great players that struggled to get many games with Queensland uh, during that time. Like that, that would walk into the New South Wales side. Uh, so yeah, good. I mean, very. It's good. It's a good problem to have for um, for New South Wales. Now, what was your number nine, Guru? Uh, number nine, uh, Tom Burgess's try into Luke Brooks's length of the field run out of the in goals to put the ball down. Uh, players going off their heads. It went upstairs, and you knew the game was going to be decided one way or the other, and Mate, my, my missus is a mad South Sydney fan, so it was a very stressful three or four minutes there. But I've never seen anything like that for it to be a video ref to check both ends of the field, and that's going to be the deciding play. And even take it back 15 seconds before that, fucking Tom Burgess, a front rower, running 40 metres to score. Like, unheard of. It was an incredible moment. And, you know, we, we, we had Tales of Tiger Town, and what can you imagine that moment? Uh, it was agonizing to watch the emotions that he went through. Oh, no, absolutely. Absolutely. It's uh, the one person that sh- should get more raps that doesn't get more raps in such a, an incredible moment in a match that didn't really mean much for both. I mean, it meant a lot to the Tigers, but the ref, the let it go. Mate, he the ref just gone. Yeah, the, the ref could so, not have done his job better in that moment. And the commentator still got stuck into him. Everyone, everyone blew up. It's like, what? What did you want him to do? He absolutely nailed it in that moment. We wouldn't have that moment if he had just gone like you know, if he hadn't, or he had have just gone knock on or not knock on or just stop the play. 
because he, he could have stopped the play when, when that all happened. But for him to just allow it all the way to the other end, it turned a, a great moment into a moment that I think Rabbitohs and Tigers fans specifically will remember forever. Like, Maddie, you remember that forever, aren't you? Yeah, I was at the game. I was at the game in, in like the middle of the South fans and we didn't know what was going on. Like we were standing behind the, the famous photo, or not famous, but that photo of Josh Mansell looking so confused. Yeah. But we, we were all as confused as him. Yeah. But, oh, it was such a thrill when you, it came up on the big screen and Tom Burgess put that ball down. Because we thought, we just assumed that he knocked it on. Yeah. And the the it won. So we thought it was gone. And then to get it back, oh, it, was, it gives me goosebumps right now. I mean, and, and again, doesn't happen unless the, unless the ref has the wherewithal to go, look, I, I don't know whether it was knocked on. I'm going to allow things to just go, you know? And, mate, I, um, I think as well it's something the referees that we overlook and we underappreciate. Mate, he's been running for 80 minutes himself. He's been keeping up with some of the best athletes in the world and he had, he had the brains in that moment to let it play out and see what happens. I mean, could you imagine if, Tom Burgess did knock that on and he pulled Luke Brooks up on halfway to go upstairs to see if Tom Burgess knocked the ball on. I mean, like, it would just be chaos. I, I thought it was brilliant by him and I don't think he got the compliments that he deserved. I, I totally agree. I think the ref deserves a lot of raps. For that. If you can, maybe find out who the ref was so that we can say his name. Gerard Sutton. Oh, Gerard Sutton. As I remember, there's footage of him about to blow his whistle. Yep. I'll correct myself if I look it up. I'll correct myself if I'm wrong, but I'm certain it was Gerard Sutton because he's about to blow his whistle. And then you're right. He had the brains to go, nah, play on. Yeah. And and also like the guts, the oh, exactly. guts, because yeah. he's opened himself up to, you know, massive, massive blues. So, um, yeah, Tom Burgess made the, an incredible moment. Brooks made an incredible moment, but the ref allowed these things to happen. And I just think that refs, refs is the worst setup ever because the better you are as a ref, less you're noticed. Whereas the worse you are as a ref, the bet, the better, uh, the more you'll notice. So a, a good ref, no one notices. So when you're thinking back to who's a good ref, you can't remember because the games that they refed, you don't know who was reffing. Yeah. Uh, whereas when they make one mistake, you remember that. Yeah, and mate, I, I get people all the time complaining to me about refs that this one does this wrong, does this wrong, and I go, well, who, who do you want? And they've got no idea because <laughs> they, they they they've got mm. no idea which one of them are doing exactly what you're saying. It's a it's a crazy thing, mate. I sort of think it's part of our culture in rugby league. We need to sort of try and shift a little bit realistically. I totally agree. Look, don't get me wrong. There's some refs that have made some shocking calls and had some shocking games where you're like questioning, like, how did, how did that come about? But they're one, in, they're one every, in my opinion, they're one every, no, games, maybe? Yeah, most, most of the time... They're 50-50 calls that the ref, like, I just think refs get a bad rap. Like, do you really think they're going out there intentionally trying to make the wrong call or, or anything like that? I, I totally agree. If, if we can somehow shift the culture of, you know, these are blokes just that love the game probably more than anyone. If you're a ref, you've got to love the game more than anyone because you get you don't get any praise and all you get is negativity. Uh, I totally agree with that. Again, doesn't mean that you can't, you can't, it doesn't mean you can't break down a play where you feel the ref's got an error. Just like a player, you can break the game down and be like, look, he made an error. But at the same time, I feel like refs should get raps when, they're, when they do a really good job. I thought during Origin, the refs were fantastic. You no, know, mate, I thought the refs really let the blow. No, mate, they, they were brilliant. I think the other thing that people have got to appreciate is that the great thing about rugby league is there's so many grey areas. You don't know what's going to happen next. And the grey area, I, mate, I couldn't think of anything worse than trying to referee this game at the moment. It is faster than it ever has been. There is more rules than it ever has been. The smartest guys in the room are not the referees. They're the coaches, and they're trying to take advantage of the referees realistically. So it's a, it's a very tough gig. I think uh, 
Yeah, I think we need to start appreciating the job that the referees do a little bit more realistically. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.